See, to us, you always know. The thing is, to us, it's no different. It's like you've been, you're always there. It's so mad. <laughs> I've made it. I've made it. Mark made it. You're out of um, penitentiary. What's the word? What's the word? No, what's that place? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Hello. No. Yes, the one. Guantanamo uh, Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Out of this world. Oh. Hi, welcome to Your Aunties Could Never, episode 68. I am Auntie AK and I am here with Auntie Farah, Auntie Nana, and Auntie Shade. Hi, my ladies. How the hell are you doing? How are you Good. doing? Good. Good stuff. Listen, I just wanted to, look, I, it's quick, it's, it's, it can't, it's not even worth a news story, but I just want to say, had you not heard about Obon Day, One Nation, One Britain? Yeah, I had I had heard about it. I discovered it. It was a nonsense. It was supposed to be on the 25th of June, yeah. And apparently kids were supposed to sing this in school. I was like, what the frick is this? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me play it. Well, it was yeah. there first, though. Until you said it, I hadn't heard of it at all. Uh, okay, hold on here. anymore strong britain great nation strong britain great nation giving very very certain time of history type vibes and basically um it's this this organization run by some asian guy called i can't even remember his bloody name um some politician from i wish i got his name together but anyway their mission is to promote the concept of responsible citizenship to create a strong fair harmonious and proud british nation celebrating patriotism and respect for all our people um yeah to enhance the image of our nation both nationally and internationally it just gives me all types of dangerous vibes i wasn't happy about it, it was very strange that song is fake if my child came home and said mummy this is what we got to sing you know i'd be the first one down there like my child is singing that song and i will tell her keep your mouth shut. you're not doing that national anthem you're not singing one nation strong britain i don't know if you lot heard it but yeah it just no me. i'm gonna ask the boys they i don't remember them so this would have been on friday yeah none, none yeah they didn't come home talking about any great national day or anything like that so um so it I saw the letter. Discretion. So is, is the school's got a choice whether they would get the children to sing it or not. Okay. So there's yeah. a letter. There's a letter on, from a Saint Joseph's Catholic Primary School in Keeley, however that is somewhere. Out, out. You scared me there because my daughter's school is Saint Joseph's Catholic, <laughs> and I was like, hold on, I know. <laughs> This is what I was saying. But anyway, they said, Dear Parent Carer, Friday 25th of June is National Obon Day. One Britain, one nation. Even Obon is a horrible acronym. It celebrates the four main principles of Britain. Respect, rule of law, democracy, and liberty. On this day, the children, blah, blah, will learn about fundamental basic rights, discrimination is wrong, we all have freedom, and all the nationalities that live in Britain are British and must always work together. So what they're going to do, there'll be a minute clap, 
for those people who have helped us this past year. And then we will sing a song. And during the day, the children will do some different work in their classes. It'll be a non-uniform day, no cost, but they must wear the colors of red, white, and blue. Oh, okay. Mate. <laughs> I'm yeah, that definitely didn't happen. They went to school in their school uniform. Yeah, that never happens. My daughter's school never said any of that stuff. We didn't even get alerted to that. So, so could, no. we, could we safely say that Obon Day was a failure? I, don't <laughs> I think so. I think it was, mate. Imagine, did someone get paid? Someone got paid in that, didn't they? Yeah. The same person that got paid for making the 50 pence coin. I, to be honest, I'll find. I'll do some information and see about in Spain. Them I'll find out who founded Obon Day. Um, but yes, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, uh, go for it, Auntie Farah. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so this week's game is a little twist on Ooh. a few things, right? So, yeah. one of these three people you have to adopt into your family, and they're in your family forever, or you lose everything you have and can never make it back. Are you ready? Okay, Nigel Farage. Katie Hopkins, I knew it. Pretty Patel. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> Nigel Farage. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Why? Because I could handle him. He's just a buffoon. <laughs> All the rest of them can't stand him. No. Okay. I think I'm gonna go with Pretty. You know. Okay. I think she's set to be prime minister. That will definitely come with some benefits. She's already shown that she's willing to compromise um, com compromise herself to benefit her family and her family ties. So yeah, I, I, I'm happy to benefit from from her. Um, what's the word? <laughs> I don't want to say criminal. Corrupt, corruptness. Wow. Corrupt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. Uh, I'm I'm happy to benefit from her corruptness. So yeah, um, Preeti's one. I was going to say pretty as well because um, but I wanted to ask questions about. It. So when they join the family, they're just part of the family. But so they're, they're always there. They're like a proper part of your family. They're not the family that you hardly see, and they live over they, them size. Like, every time we have a family event, family get together, she turns up, yes. and, that, and that's they're, it. They sat next to you. Okay, well, we should be. We'd be beefing and arguing and cussing all the time and debating. And yeah, no, couple, I think maybe if she actually is part of my family, she might get some influence. So yeah, now bring on Pretty Patel. I welcome the challenge. Join our family, yes? Yeah. Um, yeah, welcome. Uh, me too. I think I'd, I'd take, even though I can't stand her, I would take her because I feel like around my family, she'd be forced to change. Like 100%, she'd be forced to change or she'd be doing some things for us. Um, she's going to sell all of your families. She sells my family. She's selling her kids too. But it's her family now as well. That's what I'm saying. So she like, okay. That's true, isn't it? She's so, going to give us a couple contracts. We're going to make a couple hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> as family, yeah, there's going to be a lot of coffers being filled on the back of that. Okay, next one. So you have to give this person, one of these three people, the kiss of life on the mouth or you die. Are you ready? Yeah. Boris Johnson, Matt Hancock, Chris Whitty. Who? Who was the third one? Chris Whitty. Chris Whitty. Hold on, I need to look at all And apart from Boris, I'm going to go with Matt Hancock, man. I knew you would. I know, because he's already proven he's a bit spicy. 
So I, I think I'd go with Boris for precisely that same reason. Boris is obviously the man that he's like the goddamn sugar. So I may as well just go with him. Listen, you know you're putting me in a, such a predicament. But here. it's just a kiss of life. It's not yeah, like save their life. It's to save their life. That's it. Yeah, I'll, I'll oh, hang on then, because what the hell? Because I can do. No, it's no. mouth to mouth. It's mouth to mouth. Come on, he's really no. dying. Not a shield. You can't do none of that. It's mouth. It's literally in, in life. You're allowed to use a shield, you but he will die or you die. <laughs> you don't have one. You don't have one in your pocket or something. <laughs> right. You don't. Yeah, but in your I big bag. It's not a mask or something. Shadow, you know that my bag or you... like my Mary Poppins bag will have one. You haven't got a mask. I mean, uh, uh, you haven't got shields. So pick one. Who? I just said Matty Hancocky. Oh, Matty Hancocky. Okay, Matty Hancocky. I think I pick Matt Hancock too. Still, I do. All right. Last and last but not least, you are trapped on a desert island for forty. Well, you, you're trapped on a desert island. You can either be trapped on a desert island for six months with one of these people, or you can be trapped alone for forty years. Ooh. Are you ready? Yeah. Kanye West. Ooh. Wiley. Jeremy Kyle. Oh. Oh. How many years? How many years is it? Four zero. Four. You, you, so you got to pick one to spend six months with or 40 years alone. On a oh. desert island, just you and this one person. Pick one. Oh, Kanye. Kanye. Easy. To be fair, I'd go for Kanye or Wiley. Either one of them, I think I could. I'd go for that because for me, <laughs> when, 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 that, when, when things kick in, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Kanye's not he's not too bad looking so no but Wiley's not Wiley's he's okay but I'm talking about, I'm talking about my needs and like Kanye could get a little pass um, in that situation yeah yeah I'm taking Kanye all day. I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it like that but Kanye just because you know outside the 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 um, the craziness, disruptive things. I wasn't going to say craziness because it's bipolar, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. Actually crazy. Yeah. But yeah. outside the disruptive things, he does say. I think he is that like, his musical talent is yeah, and like we could spend time making music. You know, that's definitely one of my first loves. So that would be definitely um, education. I love that. Making love. No, not making love. No, no. I, I, I'd say Kanye, but not for the making love element, just for the jokes and just for, yeah. like Aunt Shade said, like the music and stuff like that. And the stories that he'd have. Yeah. Think about all the stories that he's got. Like, you're there for six months. He's telling you them. He is. Yeah. Kanye all day. That's it. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. That was good. I was going to just let you know that there's an article in Independent that says that, um, frankly, it was awful. Schools pass on One Britain, One Nation Day sing-along promoted by the, gov by the government. And um, it was founded by a former policeman called... Ah, shit, I just had it and I've lost it. Oh, it was a former policeman anyway. Um, Cash Singh. Mm. Um, he's, he was seven to ten-year-old children who wrote the song. That's no excuse. We had my, we had the Jackson 5, bluff. We, no excuse. Anyway... Um, Time to welcome somebody to the family, and it's my turn. And I'd like to welcome Uncle Menelik Shabazz, the distinguished, infamous, iconic filmmaker who um, passed yesterday. Um, and you know, he's uh, he's his contribution to British black film has been inspirational to many of us. 
films like Burning Illusion, Blood Ugger Run, Pharaohs. Um, I got a fucking bloody name um, the second part of that, but lots of brilliant films that really depict Caribbean culture um, during the eighties, nineties. Um, the story of Lovers Rock. So yeah, and he founded the BFM Black British Black Filmmakers Magazines, things like that. Um, and he's worked with a lot of us of a generation who were coming up in the industry. I didn't get to work with him, but I definitely appreciate his work and his legend. So definitely welcoming Uncle Menelik Shabazz to the family and thank you for his contributions to the arts. Yes, definitely. Um, oh God, it's me again. So now it's time for what have you heard? And this is where we pick a new story for the past week or actually, let's say hello to our watchers, our audience. Hey guys. Hey. Doing comments this week. Me? Is it me? I think so. Okay. okay. I think it's you. Okay, cool. So, hi everyone. Monica and Nicole. And who else is saying hi? I guess everybody else. Hi. Um, <laughs> um, Nicola says, sorry, Nicola says, hello, ladies, looking amazing. Um, Ronald says hi. And Ronald's asking, I think this is about the game. We're all without tongue. It's the kiss of life. It was just the kiss of life. <laughs> Red Border says, perfect opportunity to get rid of Boris and Hancock. There is that too. And but then you die. Hmm? Wasn't it that you had to save them or you die? Oh, you die. Oh, was that it? Oh, yeah. Like that. yeah. She said, uh, Nicola says, uh, Bye, aunties. It was lovely knowing you. I will die and be an ancestor. Got <laughs> <laughs> us in the right path. Um, when I was saying that he would prefer to be on that desert island with Kanye. And Antoinette says, hello, aunties. Currently in the gym pushing weights. Well yeah. done. Well, well done. done. Go for it. Well done. Well done. Okay, so what have you heard in the news today? Um, my story is quick and easy, and we all have heard it. That shepherd for the devil, um, Pretty Patel, is saying that She's working on a plan to, for migrants who want to come to the UK, they may be sent to processing centres in Africa and specifically Rwanda. So that leading, like getting inspired by, I think Australia does it, they have like offshore immigration ships um, by Papua New Guinea. I think Denmark has some sort of agreement with um, Rwanda. Uh, so basically, yeah, pretty saying, well, actually, to stop making Britain so viable, let's put them on a ship and um, keep them at sea. So, you know, uh, Australia, it, Australia's immigration policies bans asylum seekers traveling by sea and sends them to make neighboring states like Papua New Guinea. Um, and I didn't even know, in reading all about this, I, I, there's these kind of ships that either, that cause big waves that can topple over ships as they're coming. I didn't even know about that behavior, but that's very, very inhumane. So, um, yeah. So my question is, I mean, it's obviously abhorrent and disgusting. However, we know the reasons of how immigration should be dealt with. We really do know this. But if you are a leader of a country that has a hotspot, that was a hotspot for immigrants, how would you manage it? Because it's too easy to say, we know this is all evil and shit, but what would you do if you ran a country that immigrants really saw as a viable place to come and settle? Auntie Nana, because you're looking stressed about thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, I was taking it very seriously and I was really thinking, what would I do? Um, you know what? I think uh, without having a terrible colonial past, and this is, I just have 
created um, a, a country that is super successful and very desirable to people, I would probably do some type of a point system if you are coming um, over for economic reasons. But if you were seeking a, an asylum, I think that's the the very least a humane country can do is provide safe haven for other humans who are not safe in the countries that they're running away from. So we would have, we would create provisions so that our, our country was a real beacon and a, a source of hope and actually will help you to become financially stable. You can look after your family and it would be a welcoming environment for people who are seeking asylum because they are refugees. Economically, it would be on a point system. Auntie Shade. Um, yeah, I mean, the doors would be open, first of all, so there won't be, like, um, you know, feeling that they have to go through terrible circumstances in order to kind of get here in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Um I think also as well, like, stop demonising them in the press for starters, do you know what I mean? And, like, hopefully change the general perception of immigration or immigrants in general, do you know what I mean? I think a lot of that is, a lot of the, the, the viewpoints that people hold is because, like, immigrants are used as a scapegoat for every single problem we have in our country. It's just ridiculous. So, yeah, I would definitely change that. Um... <clears throat> I would also like put in, I would also cancel um, the debts that these countries have in the first place because if these debts help destabilize the countries that they're from and for them not to have great economies and have like um, a healthy job market. And that's why generally they come over in the first place. So, like, canceling the debt would be the first step into kind of like helping stabilize the country so they wouldn't need to feel the need to necessarily to move in the first place but I don't really believe I, I'm, I'm moving more towards this you know idea of having borderless um a borderless world anyway kind of thing it's only like the powers that be that put those lines and those imaginary divisions um in place to make us feel that one side is better than the other anyhow so I think um even it all out you know maybe some reparation not maybe actually reparations in there as well kind of thing um, so we can all be on, all the countries of the world can be on an equal playing field and then we'll see who wants to go anywhere. Because to be honest, if my country's stable and I'm, you know, I've got sun most of the year, I, I don't think I'm coming to cold, wet England, am I really? Do you know what I mean? When it's raining in the middle of fucking summer. Um, no, it would not be desirable to me at all. Um, there's limited resources here as well. So do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make us... Uh, it doesn't make the UK desirable if you level things out. Auntie Farah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, pretty much what you guys said, open door policy, point system, all of that. But then the next thing that I would do, I would sell all of my vibranium because it would be a fairy tale, basically, because all the countries that are making immigrants seem um are portraying immigrants negatively are the same countries that welcomed them or, or colonized their own countries you know it was fine when to come over and rebuild after the war and things like that and now we don't want you here we're going to put you on a ship oh you're going to put us on a ship again again that's what you're going to do get a get a boat for us and, and sail us around is that what you're going to do but basically um 
Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think what's happening with a lot of these Western countries where they've got an immigration problem is it's they're reaping what they sowed. You are the reason why the country, some of these countries anyway, are, are destabilised. You're the reason because you've gone there and you fucked it over. So definitely if I was in charge, I'd get rid of the debt. I've been saying get rid of the debt all the time. That's my thing. Cancel the debt. You don't even need to give me back no money. Just cancel the debt because all of these countries would be a lot more stable if they didn't have to pay back these blood clots. So, yeah. Yeah, same. Um, same. I don't think I've got anything to add to that. Just want to know what the alternative would be. And it's, it's just and generally back on story. I mean, it's nothing's confirmed. It's all, you know, they're disputing the facts and stuff like that. Um, but the whole, I, another thing that kind of come to mind was um, the fact that they're paying, they, you know, I think they pay the countries that possibly need that money, not possibly, that would be dependent on a big grant from the country that's like, okay, if we let, if you let us more some prisoners to your country, we'll give you a little bit of money. Even that is just manipulating the, the countries that need finance, that need an input or feel like they need that input and will take the money from them. And it's just, we instead of cancelling the debt, first and foremost, you're then going to say, oh, look, we'll give you a little bit of money if you hold our prisoners, like it's hold these um, foreign prisoners. And they're doing it in places that are so far from these Western lands, protecting the Western shores. It's very, very, very disgusting if it was to go ahead, however it goes ahead. I just think it's disgusting anyway. Um, yeah, so let's get um, let's get the comments. Sure. So Antoinette says, Rwanda, is that even a Commonwealth country? No. So why? Bun Preeti and her foolishness, true shepherd of the for the devil. Um, and Victoria says the majority of economic migrants in the UK are from US, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. The problem is that they are never the brunt of the anti-immigration rhetoric. Absolutely, it's very and it's just it, I, I saw a tweet, and they were like, "Yeah, you should." Um, you know, usual, you know, the, the gutter of the gutter of people that would be like, "Yeah, send them back," and the way they're coming to our country, and it's just the, the, the brainwash, as, as we know, the brainwash that's really. <laughs> blackens up the immigrant profile when there's so many Western immigrants. And yeah, the thing that makes me laugh is if all of these these English people were to take a DNA test, they would realise that they're not English. Exactly. Because England is one of the places that was um, colonised, <laughs> going to use their word on them, yeah. so many times. You know, you had the Vikings, you had so many people, it was invaded by so many different people that there's not one purebred English person here, the Queen included. She's German. So right. Ich bin ein Star. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. That's all I can say. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Um, let's get the final comments and move on. Okay, so Corey said, I wouldn't do anything different to what's being done if I wanted my Western country to stay on top. But if I wanted a fairer world, then I would order all international companies to pay a proper price for resources. And Antoinette says, will the aunties be giving us the football scores? No, nah, because we're here live. I, I, I do have the scores up. Um, who's playing? I don't even know who's playing. England, England versus Germany. Germany. Imagine I'm here. Imagine me caring. If anybody scores, I will say. I was late as well because right. I couldn't get to my own house. Because oh, yeah, because of Wembley. Oh, is it Wembley? Oh, shit. Yeah, they're playing in Wembley. 40,000 people. Yeah. Oh, really? Funny enough, leads on to my next story. There you go. Auntie Farah, what have you heard? So, over the weekend, 20,000 protesters 
took to the streets of central London to protest the fact that the entertainment industry has suffered and are still suffering, despite the fact that the sports industry seems to be doing well. They were protesting for the um, opening of clubs and theatres, because as we know, since COVID, those places have been unable to function. No clubs have been open. They've, you know, they've suffered hugely. However, at the moment, you can see that in Wembley, there's 40 to 60,000 people going there every so often watching football in Wimbledon. There's people watching tennis, sitting back to back nicely, all this stuff. So my question to you is, do you think that the government have an ulterior motive because they're obviously getting money from the sports industry where they wouldn't directly get money from the entertainment industry? Auntie Shade. Uh, absolutely. Um, it's just a double standard, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's just super, super hypocritical. Um, I'm surprised, actually. And also, I think that people are using, um, some people, not all people, are using, like, things like protests and things like football matches to, as an excuse to go out and break social distancing rules and all that kind of stuff anyway kind of thing. But I just think with football, it's just, like, because, you know, our you know, our country basically just favours white males. Um, it just, it's, it seems to be fine, whatever they whatever they want to do. You know, the other day, I think they were in central London frigging, you know, um, throwing themselves in dirty rainwater and seeing who could slide the furthest. Like this is, this is one, <laughs> this is one example of the behaviour of football fans in our country. It's just freaking ridiculous. And we can't even just go to a normal club and party and just release, you know, when, you know, the thing is, it's just like, I feel like the psychology behind it is like people need to you know, like release tensions and, you know, do you know what I mean? Enjoy something. But what if you're not into football, man? What do we get to do, you know? So I just think it's just really just a massive double standard. It's, it's out of order. Um, and hopefully, 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 like by the 19th, all of this will be over anyway, but we'll see. Fingers crossed. Auntie Nana. So the UEFA, um, one of the, well, I guess it's like quite a consortium. The committee got together and actually threatened the UK if they didn't allow 2,000, it was over 2,000 dignitaries to come to the final. They were threatening to remove the finals from the UK and place it in another country that would allow that to take place. So you see, it's like, it's big business, actually. It's got nothing really to do with public health. They had to put these on because there's so much money involved in it. The, the fact that it didn't happen last year, and it's happening this year, and we're still in a pandemic, doesn't make any sense. To have such big crowds, and then you're talking about the curve and the growth, and the we may have to go back into a lockdown again, again, doesn't make any sense. But then when you see the follow-up story of if you don't let us in without going into a quarantine, we're going to remove this from you. And they're like, okay, yeah, you guys can come along and, and we'll put the, you know, we'll open up the stadiums and all of this jazz. It's, it's just a, it's a big bullshit, really. And I think uh, I was watching, I know quite a few people that went down and they were in Trafalgar Square partying their asses off and watching um, Bushkin and Heartless Crew and Kelly LaRock singing and stuff. And I was just like, this is brilliant. It's, it's totally up to the adults if they, want, if they want to put their health in jeopardy. At least they, are they have a choice in what they're going to do. Like Matt Hancock 
had a choice in what he was going to do. I think it's for us as human beings to just take the choice into our hands and we live how we want to live and we die if we have to die. It's just how it should go. So I, I really respect people just getting out there and doing their thing because everybody else is and they're just trying to keep us in for whatever reasons. We don't even know what is really going on. So if you can go out and celebrate life, go out and celebrate life. Yeah, same. And it's it's just it's just the hypocrisy. And, you know, working in the arts, you know, theatres are really struggling to come back, even though the, the show's returning and stuff like that. But with reduced capacity, when they need full capacity to tide them over and people want to get back out to cinemas and theatres and things like that. But it's just so weird that, it's so weird that we got this, again, Emperor's New Clothes, this hypocrisy right in our faces and they're unashamed about it, you know? Like, there was, so, I don't know, and it's elitist, it's class, it's, I don't know what it is, but definitely the money, they're looking at the money, but it depends on where the money's come from because Carnival brings in a whole heap of money, doesn't it? It definitely brings in a whole heap of money. So why does, why is this one black thing? I, I don't know. Because who, well, what's the communities that Carnival actually benefits? It's small yeah. businesses, it's micro businesses. Yeah, it's not really the sponsors. Yeah, but actually, it doesn't go back into the coffers of the country. Exactly yeah. for a small business, though, Carnival it's can huge. be like as good as good as a whole two months worth of yeah. of income. So you remove these things because it doesn't really affect you. It's like oh, that's just that little that's that, that little business over there. But when well, you have really powerful yeah, yeah, true. that's when you you can be like, actually, we we can't we can't cancel this because then if we do cancel it, they may come back and say, we're moving our offices of 4,000 people to yeah, another country. True. So is it so is it fair then? No, it's, it's not. It, there's, there's nothing that's fair or equal in anything in this world at this yeah, moment. It's, it's just, it's just a game. So... All you can do is just catch your joy when you can catch it. And if that is sliding in rainwater, I've done that before in Glastonbury. It is extremely fun. You slide in some rainwater. Auntie Farah. From street water. People piss on the, on the roads in Glastonbury. You probably sided in piss, not rain. It, um, it, pro it, it was both. <laughs> oh, that's just so stressful to my life just the even image of it um yeah you guys have pretty much said everything that i would say um it's just it's the hypocrisy it's the blatant hypocrisy because you can't do things like the, you, the as you mentioned the theater the theater industry has suffered greatly and they are only operating on a very minimal capacity capacity and you know they have to have seating restrictions where it's like i think theaters are operating on one meter plus um, which isn't financially viable for them. Mm -hmm. so they 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 rely on being able to turn around like a matinee and then an evening show and foot and pack seats. That's what they rely on. That's how they're funded. And then just not getting that money. Um, it is literally because the government make money from the sporting industry that they do not make from anywhere else. They don't care about Carnival because Carnival, as Auntie Nana said, is mainly for the community where it is placed and for people who are lucky enough to you know have a stall and do stuff like that. But it's just the hypocrisy of these people rubbing shoulders next to each other. Yet for all we're being told, you co we've got to stay locked down for another three weeks. You can't go and see, you know, you have to be socially distanced from your family still, and, unless they're in your direct bubble. We're still following all of these rules. Um, you have to wear masks on the train, but yet for all, you can go and sit down at Wembley next to Joe Bloggs, screaming and shouting at the people who are playing when they want to take a knee. So... 
I want to see. Yeah, I want to see the numbers. Like so, after post um, football match frenzy, especially if England dare to win today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What because you know they've talked about the spike now, there's more deaths and it's, it's rising. So, are we going to get an actual? Oh, actually, in the past week, because of a certain you know, we're not going to get real facts. It's, it's, what, they're saying is, what they're saying is, is that everyone that goes to Wembley has to be um, you have to have either a negative COVID test um, or you have to have a vaccination. So, that again goes back to this thing about them saying that they wouldn't do vaccination passports. That is a form of vaccination passports, but they haven't allowed other industries to do the same thing. So that's where the issue lies. Like the clubbing industry could have well and said, if you've got if you've got um, a negative COVID test, uh, here you are, open yeah, it because exactly. you can get an, you can get a, to a COVID test within thirty minutes. You can get the yeah. result. So there is way there are ways around it, but that particular industry are just not being given the opportunity. And they've done tests and trials, but nothing has been pushed through. Mm. Whereas with football and tennis, that does not seem to be the case. You're telling me that every single gov was at, at the football match <laughs> a football test and yes i'm being very simple they're all cockney well, and all fair, I'm, very... I'm about to find out because my brother and my nephew have gone today so i'll find out if they took a urban test <laughs> my god that that wouldn't make sense how could you process all of no, those fans right. coming have, in yeah no that would be nigh on impossible and i'm speaking from actual experience yeah. you couldn't so do that you no how much capacity is Wembley how much you capacity you have to go with proof of your negative like if you were traveling if you were flying to certain countries you have to go with proof of your negative COVID. oh like a document like, that's why I said they for them to say that they're not doing COVID passports they are doing COVID passports at Wembley but, you know you can get a document that's what I'm saying you get that document and ticket I like <laughs> some of them got like a stick man like and like a <laughs> Like my daughter drew it for us. Like <laughs> that's no way regulated properly. That's like, oh wow! Yeah, I guess we're seeing. I'm not sure what type of test they're accepted. Obviously, there's two different types. Well, more than two different tests that you can get, and one is like it, your your um, results come from a certain body, whereas yeah. one is like you stick it down your throat yourself, and you where you stick in the air, you don't get an actual you don't get an actual form that says you're negative. So it just depends what tests they're doing. Nonsense. Everywhere's nonsense. Let's get the comments. Okay, so Antoinette says throwing themselves into dirty water. I think she's laughing at that comment. Um, Money B says Royal Ascot had 12,000 people a day, yet wow. definitely no carnival again, which is annoying. Um, Nicholas says, Auntie, shall they fix your face? <laughs> no, because it was disgusting. <laughs> um, Vic Victoria says, Men dominate the government, so football and pubs will always be. <laughs> Almost definitely. Very, very, true. <laughs> very, very true. Whatever the men want, eh? Um, Auntie Nana, what have you heard? Okay, so my story it's it's nothing really new, but um I just thought it was an interesting article that was kind of discussing how corporates use black celebrities to speak to the black race. I'm just gonna go go through a couple of sentences from this article which is um on makeitplain.org um and I'll put the link in in the group in the chat as well if anybody wants to go through the full article okay so um I'm going from are black celebrities appropriate representatives of the black masses given their acceptance of western power structure 
When one looks at other races, one will discover that celebrities do not act as spokeswomen, spokespeople. For instance, neither David Beckham, Angelina Jolie or George Clooney speak on behalf of the white race. Neither will Jackie Chan or Yoon Mei Rae be expected to present TV programs to discuss the state of affairs of Chinese or Korean people in the diaspora. The reverse is the case when it comes to the black race. When Obama was elected US president, the BBC called upon Dizzy Rascal, a London-based artist, to discuss the consequences of his historic victory. I wanted to ask you guys, do you think it's folly that we actually kind of listen to black celebrities when they speak on race uh, when they speak on racism and if they should actually like speak for the masses like is it do they have a place to actually talk on issues when they are successful by white standards auntie farah i think they do i think they've got an obligation to speak about things i think that i think um what you have to do is not take their word as the gospel it's their opinion and being in the position that they're in they should still recognize their the community that they've come from the fact that they are you know experiencing people less fortunate than them financially are experiencing these sorts of things and not even just people less fortunate than them they if they walked on the street and weren't recognized by a police officer let's say they could still fall victim to the same things so i think they should talk about them it's just a matter of sometimes when celebrities talk they talk without any facts. And sometimes when celebrities talk, they talk out of their bum. And sometimes when celebrities talk, people take every single word that they say, literally. And you shouldn't. It's their opinion. They're expressing their opinion. And I think that they, they should they should do that. Because if they sat in silence, then they're, they're part of the problem. They're complicit. Auntie Shade. Um... I don't necessarily think it's folly in a kind of traditional sense. What I think is, I think it's lazy. I think that often you get like, um, when when you see black celebrities talking on issues, it's usually because the producer has realised, oh, this is a black issue. Let me get a black person to represent all of black people in this moment. Do you know what I mean? So I don't, I don't, I, I think it's just real lazy. Um, and, and often that is the only time when black celebrities are featured in things. So it's, it, can, it can be, um, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? Because it's like you, you definitely want someone from your community representing if it is a black issue, but you don't want that to be the only time that they show up on said, you know, news segment or, you know, kind of thing, interview or whatever kind of thing. So I think... Uh, I think that's problematic. Um, and then I think on the other side, it's like, I don't know if I believe that 100% um, in terms of like making the, the, the race comparison, because, you know, let's talk about like COVID injections, for example, you know, the government paid a bunch of celebrities or <laughs> celebrities from like Love Island, whatever, to... Um, to you know kind of like talk about the injection getting the inje the vaccine and everything like that you know who do you think they're talking to they're talking to white people they're talking to young white youth at the end of the day for the most part do you know what i mean so maybe it isn't done in the same explicit ways but it kind of is done when you look under the surface so i just think that it's just people getting paid to do things 
Um, and that's, you know, the part of the nature of celebrity, that you are paid to endorse said product, said message, whether sometimes whether you believe in it or not. Um, what I would like is definitely more transparency in terms of if someone is getting paid to um, promote a message or a product, um, yeah, just across the board and not just with, you know, black celebrities. Like, I think that's 100% across the board, especially in this age of influence, um, influencers. So, yeah, that's my thoughts, really. I don't think it's necessarily as cut and dry. Um, I just think that the, I think that the lack of representation of black people in these moments just make it very difficult in general anyway. Um, I think it's it's difficult, it's, it's, it's complex and it's expecting black celebrities to do better than how society's set up. Because I think I've had conversations with many of friends who like anti-capitalists and stuff and have come down on the Beyonce's and the like who promote a capitalist lifestyle which then I'm just like, I understand that capitalism is bad, but we're all part of it, the system. So unless, again, as we say, unless you live completely off the grid, how do you avoid being part of, um, uh, you know, a spoke in the wheel of capitalism? No matter if you run your own business, whatever the case is, you have to adopt some sort of capitalist way to ensure that you survive in this capitalist society. So it's impossible, I think, I, and I don't know enough, because that's another thing I always say, when people are cussing capitalism and saying all these black, especially black celebrities should not be tools for capital, capitalism, what's the alternative that will let them survive in this world? So, I'd, and I'd love to know because yeah, capitalism has done a number on a lot of us and it's shitty and dirty, I guess, but what's the alternative? Um, how does a, a one black celebrity who's trying to survive go against the grain of the industry that they're in to do different? And I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm not saying we shouldn't try. I think we should always challenge ourselves to do better. But it's a lot of expectation heaped on the back of celebrities who come from regular backgrounds. Not all of them. Not all of every celebrity has had the time or the education. And even when you get education, it's a capitalist education anyway. So it's really hard to go against the grain. So I think it goes back to us not putting them on a pedestal. I think it's for us as we age, like with, with especially if, we if we're raising generations under us, to teach them about the options that there are and to understand that, yes, this celebrity might be wearing um, all these designers, but maybe they're not spending all that, they're not spending their money on designers, they're actually investing, they're doing alternative things. They might look like they're flashy and throwing money at all these type of things, but actually they're, business, they're wise, astute business people who are actually investing in other things and doing other things. So it's teaching, people and younger people especially to look behind the veil of what the um, celebrity is selling and what the celebrity is doing and not to be so caught up in what they're doing and take everything they do for gospel i think my recent irritation is seeing um black male celebrities advertising boohoo man because i don't know one <laughs> black male celebrity that wears boohoo man on a photo shoot, like really balling. I ain't seen it yet. They might do on a little one away. That's like a vest underneath the vest, underneath the Louis Vuitton vest. But to actually see, when I see them, I think I saw Burner, not to, not to come for Burner Boy, but I saw Burner Boy's boohoo and I was like, Burner Boy, you ain't wearing boohoo on your car. Like, you ain't wearing boohoo. Like, no, anyone who wears boohoo, like, it's because men's cheap, cheap clothes for men don't cut it the way that cheap girls, cheap clothes for women cut it. We can get away with a lot more when a little cute, cheap outfit that I think men can. I just think the quality just doesn't work for me anyway. I'll judge, I would judge. I'll be, I'm not even judgy like that, but I would judge. 
I can't see a man wearing boohoo and feel like I rate you. It's long. But um, sorry, boohoo. Love you. I know a couple guys that wear a bit of boohoo, though, for real. But like, that's what I'm saying. So maybe, maybe I'm not noticing it. So if they... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying the upper echelon of celebrity that's <laughs> out there with full Gucci, Louis Vuitton name brand, I haven't seen them busting mm -hmm. a boohoo. And I feel like that's the that's like an it's a, it's a silly, I'm being silly, but it's a silly metaphor. For example, like don't follow what they're selling, actually look behind the curtain and look at what they're really doing. And that's all we have to do because, yeah. And I mean, you know, I've been critical of when celebrities endorse a name brand that's out there that doesn't need their help. And it, I can understand it's like you're putting money, taking money from, because I think the article goes on to say that some black celebrities are like modern day Robin Hood, but they're robbing to go give back to the rich people that are taking from the black community. So that cycle of events, I'm not really a fan of, but I'm not gonna say that I can't leverage them not to ever do it. Cause I'm, I'm not gonna say that when um, I'm rich and famous, I'm not gonna wear designers. That's a lie, I'm going to wear designers, but I would hope, and this is where I would have expectations for black celebrities to do that bit more, to put money back into the community. We've looked at the anniversary of um, Black Pound Day and how important it is. We're all black businesswomen who, in our own rights who need the support of our community to elevate ourselves. So that's where we need to push forward. But it's a lot of expectation on celebrities. Um, Auntie Nana. Yeah, you, you all covered quite a few bits there. Um, I think my overall kind of stance on it is more using celebrities to kind of be a mouthpiece for the race and discuss things that would be involved in critical race theory when actually if they were to speak on things like, I guess... Um, with a political neutrality or to be totally honest, they would probably lose quite a lot of endorsements. So pushing these people out that are not totally independent doesn't really make sense. And I think there are so many real activists and academics that could speak on things and they don't, they don't actually get that space to, to talk critically on the systems that actually oppress us but then you'll push forward a celebrity who has managed to kind of maneuver around that in some way or has has been given access by the gatekeepers. It's, it doesn't really make sense to think that they are going to be speaking on behalf of the people when they are being funded by the very machine that is holding a set of people back. So those are it. I, I just don't trust them. And I feel that you can like you can like somebody for their talents, but actually when it comes to your own livelihood and how the country is moving or politically, I think it doesn't make any sense to actually have celebrities speaking on things because they, we don't know how they're getting their bag and what they are truly, who they're truly speaking on behalf of. Even if it does sometimes seemingly, it, it, it may feel like actually they're for the people, you don't know where their chips are placed in this game and where they're swaying the people to go towards like the the amount of people that were speaking on, you know, I've got the vaccine and and or just the whole propaganda machine around being vaccinated or staying home. It's like they wheel out a lot of celebrities to do this when you have two sides of the of scientists. Who, some are for and some are against, but we're not seeing that debate take place. We're seeing lots of celebrities churning out one one viewpoint, one stance. 
And that's what I think is more uh, suspicious. I'm suspicious of, of celebrities that will use their voice for one view and that you're also not allowed to have a counter point of view that doesn't get shut down on TV and Facebook and Twitter and everything else. I, 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 I don't trust them. And I think it's also for them to not speak up. Like, I think it's, I think celebrities have a responsibility to not speak on things. Like maybe Dizzy shouldn't have said yes to the news night <laughs> or sometimes I, I'm, I'm not even going to criticize him because he said yes. And he may, he might've felt in that moment. He, he Maybe he felt in that moment. I could say something because I'm representing the youth and I'm from the ends and maybe I'm going to be the voice. And then when you're put into those spaces, it becomes a different type of um, conversation that you're not prepared for. But I just think there may be, be prepared and have a bit more understanding because like I've said it before, there were times when I, you know, something would happen to do with the arts and then they'd be calling out, do you want to speak? And then afterwards I said like, no, um, I'm not going to speak on this one because the conversation then becomes, I'm the mouthpiece of this particular thing. And I've, I haven't maybe had a chance to think it through. And that's when you get caught up in being the soundbite that's forever there. And mm. then your, your views might change, the situation might change, and then you're quickly called a hypocrite. When they want, when that conspiracy moment happens, when you're at the top and they want to bring you down, they can fling everything at you to get back. Then you, then you're out there. You let you, you, you left yourself vulnerable. So it's just about being really super smart. And I think if you're going to put yourself in the public eye, maybe there's an element of no holds barred, no sympathy. Be smart, get smart quick, try and learn your best, learn what this industry is like as quickly as you can. Maybe you've got a leeway from being a child, famous person up until a certain age, then you've got no excuses. You've got to know what you're doing. You've got to be about your business. You just need to shut up. Do like, like Beyonce did, like keep your mouth shut. You don't have to not be so um, reactive to when people are calling you out because actually no one knows what you're doing behind the scenes. And if people, and if you know you're doing righteous or you're doing bad, just keep your shit to yourself and keep it moving and just try and supersede the noise because that, then, then, then there's no one can hold you accountable for anything left or right. Do you know what I mean? Um, let's get the comments. Okay. So Jeff um, says, Hey Jeff, um, Dizzy was out of his depth. And goes on to say they will swear people like a Carla, the aunties, and such um, intelligentsia. I think um, the people who make these choices to speak on our behalf know exactly what they're doing. We need to ask ourselves what is black celebrity over black conscious celebrity. Um, Nicholas says many of the names you have called Auntie Nana do speak out on behalf of their culture when they receive awards or pivotal moments. However, the issue is not the speaking out of or out aspect of things. It is who who is asking them to speak out, when and why. Um, what is the real agenda? Dizzy learned his lesson and set Pierce straight when he tried it again. Mm. Um, and then Nicola also says, I have more issue when they call Sean Bailey or Kemi or uh, Sewell, uh, is that Tony? That's Tony, yeah. right? Um, to represent black views uh, in the political space. That is problematic, especially in this digital age. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say that for me, it's about who they call and why they're calling them. Mm. Um, yes, as the person being called, you have an obligation, like Auntie AK, AK said, to think about those reasons and to, um, to work out whether or not it's within your best interest and the people of that and the people's interest of who 
you are trying to represent, most definitely. But there is an issue where, for example, when the royal wedding happens, they're calling out any any black person to come and speak. You know, are you black? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, suddenly, an authority on Megan, and they start asking questions like, "Well, how do you think that she feels?" Well, I don't know because I don't know her. But it's just that whole thing of rep being shoved out and being seen as the, the spokesperson for the entire race. I think if you're a celebrity and you go and you speak on something, you can say, this is my opinion, but I am not the mouthpiece for the entire race. I think you have to make that clear. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I, think, really I think that's interesting, though, because like I feel like from like maybe a white perspective, right? So if I see like just any young girl talking on Megan, then she's just a young, she's coming from the young girl perspective. It's not, do you know what I mean? I think that that's also like the pressure we put on black celebrities or black spokespeople that they're speaking for all of us. And it's just like trying to destroy that whole narrative that we're monolith and we're just not, do you know what I mean? Like that, exactly, that, exactly. Yeah. That's, I my, think that's exactly my point when they're wheeling them out. Come and speak on behalf of your people. I think I think people have I think and to counter possibly counter what I'm saying you have the right to do what you want but mm. just and also I suppose and be prepared for whatever but also unfortunately it's like again going against the capitalist society when we're in a capitalist society unless there's some real true alternatives you have to go along with it and try and survive the best you can unless you come up with a solution to counter it but then it's that thing where unfortunately the society is you speak up then it becomes the the, the focal point because and, and and unfortunately that's the soundbite for society and yes we as black people are like you know what let that person speak if dizzy came on and said we wanted to say and he said what he wanted to say then that's it that's what he said but we also know that they're not they know that they would really go and look for somebody to of expertise when i was a producer of bt radio london the research that we went into to find the expertise to suit the topic that we spoke of, that we wanted to speak about. There is research. They do know what they're doing. And big shows like Newsnight, they will go and find the right person. Like, again, if we want to touch taboo topics that where they respect the people a lot, those marginalized communities a lot more, the other communities that are not black who are protected, those ones, they will do their due diligence and make sure they get a very a, a, a learned spokesperson the person could be controversial could be hated or whatever or well loved but they will make sure that person has got some sort of credential to the topic that they're talking about because they don't want to offend but when it comes to us then they will pick anybody that they feel suits them and or and it's based in stereotype and, 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 and criticism and stuff like that i mean stereotype do you, not remember, do you not remember that cab driver that was on Which the one? so there was a cab driver that rocked up at bbc news one time that you must have seen a clip well, oh, it was a job interview yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my god prime example of any man yeah any black man you're black you can talk like yeah. he didn't know that it wasn't the right person but if they had done their freaking research or like you know like it, come on it was just funny it's just funny and they and they, they and it's when they bait you because then sometimes they can catch you i remember i think was it when chad mcboseman passed and i did one of the news stations and i swear they asked me a question about what he was thinking and i was like yeah i i can't speak for him because and i feel like i've seen you being interviewed and you've said that several times yeah, yeah. people i can't but that's what i'm saying like it's important for the person who's being interviewed to make that statement i'm not here on behalf of every black man or woman ever made that's not what i'm saying this is my i can't talk about chadwick i don't know him so like yeah. it's important for people to say that but because they really really do try 
to make it seem like, well, you've said this, so then that is fact. You know, like Tony Sewell is fine with the state of the country and Britain's not racist, so therefore let's all pat ourselves on the back. It's mm. not racist. That's what they do. So, yeah. Let's get the rest of the comments. Uh, I think that was all of them. That's it. Oh, sorry, I thought there were more. Okay, true. <laughs> Mahajo says it. That's a big statement. True. <laughs> um, oh. And Nicola says, Monty AK, this is why brands need to understand their core values. Yeah, brands and celebrities know what you stand for. I think you get to a certain point in your celebrity dom, know what you stand for, what you want to speak on, and what you don't want to speak on. And then for us as the recipients of hearing news from our people, take it with a pinch of salt, but also challenge some of those platforms like why are you only going to these people and you're not you've got an expert from this side but yet you've got any joe blogs from us but there's a part of me that is against that as well though because <laughs> i think that if you if you look at the opposite side they can have anyone speak on anything and it doesn't matter so why can't we have the same but the, the only thing is i think we can but the only thing is they don't i I'm, and maybe because i'm not i say white or I'm not from another marginalized community, I'm not LGBTQ, I'm not Jewish or anything like that, I, or I'm not Asian, I, maybe they have people that are like, oh my God, why are they going to get my man from my man to do this thing? But if I haven't noticed it. So from my my position, it looks like there's always an expert. I don't, I, I'm not even talking about from other marginalized groups. I'm just talking about like from a white perspective. But that's what I mean, from a white perspective of anything. You can, you can have anyone talk about anything. So why can't we? Do you know what I mean? Like because the, there's not the more. space. Yes, exactly. So white yeah. people have the space to have yes, a gamut of views, and this is why, and we haven't been given that space. And so it's like then the space that is given, if it's yeah. taken up by a celebrity, that, that you have it to it all the time. That so anyone that, yeah. that speaks up, that can you see that? If if the people that speak up or given those spaces or take those opportunities, their ex, their their expectation for them to be excellent and represent us in this full kind of like really far away, that's unrealistic. That's not fair. But that's I think it's fair. also a matter of you know what I mean? topic. And that's I only think... put on that's only put on us because we're black. But I was gonna say, but it's also about the topics that they're being asked to speak on and how they're being asked because I think it? it's like no, because I think like because I think because I think we're, I'm looking at this as a very news night news piece, but then it could be like if a celebrity is asked about what's within their remit, and it, 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 I think it's positioning because I, I don't, one, I don't think it's as prolific because we're talking about it in this space. But then, but then, then also as well, sorry to cut you, but also as well, like, does it have to always be within their remit too, as well? No, that's, I was going to say it's a positioning. No. That, that is, that is, um, yeah, I think that's. No, I think it's a positioning of the conversation. It doesn't, because, and like I said, I don't think it's as. It's not as dramatic as we're talking about in this way, but I suppose in the grand scheme of things, it's not like every day you're seeing a celebrity, a black celebrity talking shit. Do you know what I mean? Like um, No, no. There are, there are lots of circumstances where somebody is speaking on something and you don't know what their agenda is for why they're talking about it, other than they are a celebrity, where there may be somebody who has actually studied, who is learned in that field that could speak on it, because they've actually learned about it. And that's the thing of going to a celebrity to speak on things on race, just because they're black, isn't always the person to go and speak on. You could yeah. actually speak to somebody who has studied about race historically, who has just, they have the vocabulary to convey 
exactly what's going on in a better way than going to I, and, and, this, and this is this is the thing and there, there's two issues there i just think that you know that can also work the other way around that just because someone um has um studied something they can still have political motives and then also as well um do you know what i mean it's it's, it's the elitism hey, but we could have that for anything so, but if it wasn't so heavily skewed towards going to a celebrity that would be a fair point yeah. So it's more of why do they keep on going to celebrities when there are other people that you could speak to? I think it's less about us as well. It's more about them. Because like I said, we, are, we, we when we're producing, there's an element of thought that goes into it. And you pick, and yes, um, there is, you pick people to suit the topic. But then if they're always like, well, let's get the famous person out of laziness. It's about the lazy element when you could actually research and like actually there's an it's not about saying because you're educated you're better because it could be Dizzy Rascal's an expert on the topic that he was and then because he's yeah. Dizzy Rascal. No, I'm not saying you should be no, an expert. I, but it's I, feel, just, I feel like the general consensus is that he he messed up that day because he wasn't an expert speaking on what he spoke on and he wasn't eloquent enough to convey the message that black people wanted him to convey. And he I think he didn't convey any, he just couldn't. Well, I think he was I don't high. Don't necessarily fund like underneath all. I don't think I agree with that. No, I get what you're saying, Sean, and I don't think we it's that, I think on. it's wrong too. Okay, sorry, sorry. We far. need to move on. Sorry. Okay. And thanks for thanks, Auntie AK, by the way. So the other one. Big Auntie AK, big <laughs> sis Auntie AK. Auntie Oh, is that it? Then we got finished our news stories. Okay, okay. Oh no, it's my new story. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got one more. Yeah, oh, we got one more. Yeah, Auntie yeah. Shade, what have you heard? Let me ask you. Auntie Shade, what have you heard? Okay, ladies. Well, unless you've been living under a rock in the UK, you've heard about the latest political scandal out of Parliament. In leaked footage that looked like a scene from Love Island, our very own Secretary of State for Health and Social Care, Matt Hancock, was caught red-handed or kissing and those hands were on the booty of a woman that was not his wife. <laughs> <laughs> his wife that he has for 15 years and has three children with, by the way. The woman um, in question was Gina um, Colla D'Angelo. That is right, right? Yeah. Like um, that. Who's also married with three children. And this stolen embrace was at a time when Matt's very own department instructed millions of UK citizens to social distance. It's the hypocrisy for me. Um, so after initially saying that it was a private matter, Matt has now resigned and has been replaced by Sadiq Javid. And, um, but I think, ladies, shall we get our conspiracy hats on? What do you think, who do you think, sorry, leaked the footage? Do you think this was a setup? And do you think Matt Hancock should have resi resigned? And also, do you think that Boris, his boss, should also resign? I think everybody should resign. And I think it, look, it looks so staged. I don't understand why you stood right in front of the camera, positioned yourself to come and feel up a f the, the back and then left it at that. I don't, I, you know, British politics stresses me out already. I don't, I pay barely any attention to it because it's all nonsense and far, far, far nonsense. He should resign. Boris Long should have been gone. The only reason why Boris, I'm like 1% like okay, Boris sitting there, because the, whoever takes over is probably going to be worse. Um, and that's the only thing. But everyone needs to go. The whole cabinet needs to get gutted. You know, like there was the anniversary of that episode of Game of Thrones. What um, season was it? When the whole town was 
blown out by the green stuff. What's that episode? Oh, there was oh yeah, yeah, the red key. The red key, yeah. So the anniversary of that episode, that's what needs to happen to Parliament. The whole gutting, get out, get gone, everybody. Not deaf, but just get out. Let there's something just blow them out back to their yards and come out of politics. That's all my answer is a quick answer. Auntie Nana. I'll, I'll come back to what you asked, but I found it quite fascinating that in all of this, the only thing that seems to be like wrong was done was that the camera picked it up. And <laughs> that's like, <laughs> I cannot believe that these people are, they're just such a cesspool, as my friends calls them, um, gutterish. They, they, they are like proper ghetto. Like they're, they're the worst. You can't even just have your affair outside of your workplace. Obviously, he should he he should have resigned. Um, Boris should have sacked him, really. And I think it's more notable that he was like, all is forgiven. He's apologised. He should stay. That in itself is like, you nutter. If I was Boris, I'd be pissed. If I've gone out on a limb for my brethren, yeah, and I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to sack you. Like, uh, I'm going to release this statement. You've apologised. As far as I'm concerned, that's good enough. And he shouldn't leave his job. You better not go and resign after I've released this statement. At least, like, resign and then I ain't got to say nothing about it. I'd be pissed at that. But then Sajid, whatever his name is, Javid. Javid. Didn't he just lose his job, like, last year? I swear the dude had to resign for something else when he was, like, um, was he, like, the Chancellor or something? He already had a cabinet position and then you... you you either escaped getting sacking and you resigned from that. Seven months later, you slot in again. It's just like these guys are absolutely ridiculous. I'm surprised Preeti somehow didn't move her way up into some position. And just uh, I'm, I'm sick and tired of all of them. And yeah, I agree. I was thinking more of, um, is it the red red wedding? It's not the red keep. When they all get poisoned and all of that shit. Like I wanted to, something like that to happen in Parliament, like some biochemical warfare sweeps through and takes everybody out. The, the views of Auntie Nana are not shared. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whoever looked it. In our blood clot, no. <laughs> um, Dom Dominic Cummins somehow paid somebody, paid the security guard to set up the, the camera facing this way. Apparently, they had been at it for a while. So this was office, this was known. This was like office gossip. I think Dominic Cummings most definitely paid for that camera to be set up where he knows these two go and they think there's no camera there and he put a camera right on top of them, paid the guy and he leaked it. This is all Cummings' plan. I don't know what he's up to, but... I'm here for it. I love it. Auntie Farah. I mean, all of their names just give me joke. Cummings, Hancock, Johnson. Like, <laughs> one for the world one. It's, it's, it's like hilarious. Um, so should he have resigned? He should have resigned, but not because he had an affair, because that's between him and his wife, realistically, and that's between her and her husband. What he should have, why he should have resigned is because 
he was out there enforcing enforcing COVID restrictions, telling people not to have casual sex, telling people that even if you or you're seeing your boyfriend, if your boyfriend ain't in your social bubble, you can't see him. You must remain in your house with your bubble and he must remain in his house. These times now, he's going to work and using the facilities to use his facility. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So realistically, that's why the man needed to resign. <laughs> I've read a bit as well, and it says that it's slightly murky that um, that she was even made, was even given this position because she was a communications director. So she was not qualified for this role. So it's like, how long had you been seeing this chick? Did you give her the job afterwards? Just like you gave well, her. known her for years. Well, this is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you hooked her up with a new job so you could get the hook up every day, basically. That's what he did. Her and husband should get a DNA test. Well, the, husband, the husband was the husband was packing, packing her out things, her. man. The husband was like, to the left, to the left, everything you own in a box to the left. Like he was singing that song to her, helping her with her. Do you got any room in there? <laughs> Make it small. That's what he was doing. But um, yeah, it's just all it's all shades of dodgy, and all the contracts that he's done, and then he's isn't he the same dude that's come out and had to make statements about some of the contracts that were made like for the NHS and things like that yeah. and like testing and all of that shit. And it, it turns out that it's, it's someone he knew or it's all very, very dodgy. So for those reasons, that's why he should have resigned. Not, you know, because he was shagging the, the woman because that's his business. And that's probably why Boris hasn't resigned because Boris is like, I didn't do it during COVID. So I'm cool. I wasn't telling anyone to stay at home and keep their hands to themselves. I think if they don't, if one, if Boris resigns, I think it's like, it's a stack of cars. Someone's got something on someone on something on someone. So I just think this is, Hancock had to go. It's, it's, it's all a stack of cards playing a position. It, it, he had to go to someone else's silence. And when he goes, it all, it's just pawns. It's, I, I, I can't, it's like watching a reality show that I can't stand in itself. <laughs> um, for me, I think that I was just like, this just seems like an episode of Scandal to me. Or House of Cards, like mm. it's just like perfectly placed almost. Um, I definitely think he should have resigned because he broke the rules when he was supposed to be enforcing the rules. Um, and he shouldn't have resisted that. That's the first thing he should have done immediately, to be honest. Um, but I, I you know, I'm not sure about Gina. I think she's a plant, I think she's uh, probably a minion of um, Dominic Cummins of some sort or got caught up in and she's been, do you know what I mean? Like, I think... A honey trap. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think Dom Dominic Cummins is like, you know what? You guys tried to get rid of me and you don't know that I'm running this. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to take you all out one by one and that parliament will be mine. Um, I think he's definitely playing a massive game because he leaked the WhatsApp messages, and I think they kind of just ignored it like it was nothing. And Dominic was like, you know what? I've got one for you. <laughs> Take it all out. WhatsApp's not enough. No, I just popped in my head. <laughs> Eli Pope. Literally, that's Dominic. Yes, yes, Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't think that this is something small at all i actually think my big conspiracy theory is this is all part of Preeti's plan um i think she's somehow in cahoots with dominic to get her you know get her you know at number 10 at the end of wow. the day she's gonna pick them off one by one actually 
to so be honest, like pinky in the brains. Before, yeah, before, um, before Matt left, if Boris resigned, Matt would probably be number one, and then also the other guy, Rish, Rishi. Do you know what I mean? Would have. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I feel like she's taking them out. That her and Dominic are taking them out to push these really nasty, um, you know, policies and stuff, and that that's the way they want Britain to be. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Let's see if Dominic comes for for pretty. Comes. It can't be too seamless, <laughs> in it. It's like you have to add in a little turn so that people are like, oh no, they're not working together. So then you kind of got to set her up a little bit. Maybe he did set her up with the nail scandal. Yeah, exactly. So she's been set up before. She survived. So it's like, and now she's doing all this hardline immigration stuff again, like pushing it even further. I just think that she's going to be left as like the best possible option out of like a, a, cess, a cesspool. Do you know what I mean? Like a cesspit. Like that I think. And Michael Gove. Yeah. You know, man. Look at the options. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. So when so when is Johnson going? Johnson, I'm surprised he's still there, to be honest. But I Thank think he's you. going soon, man. I don't think, if he called a general election, I don't think he would survive now. Um, or no, or what do you call it? What's it called when they... I, don't know. I, think, I think the Tory backbenchers will probably get rid of him soon. I think. Oh, you think they'll challenge his leadership? Yeah. I'm not sure, I'm not sure. They haven't, though, thus far. They haven't, but it's getting messy. He should... Still. Dominic, he should... Oh, sorry, not Dominic, it was Matt. He should have fired Matt. He didn't. Do you know what I mean? Like that is a that is a and he's right. He's opening up the party to scrutiny. That's what he's doing, and it's do, he's doing it under his watch. And they're not going to stand for it very long. If things start coming out, more things start coming out. Who's the part? Who's the part? That's that's the Tories, though, isn't it? They're true, like this is this is not new. This yeah. is how yeah. they roll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the and thing, and they're doing it in plain sight, and that's that's what I'm saying. Doing it in plain sight. When John Major was feeling up, what's her name? You think people don't know? Edwina Curry. Edwina Curry. Egg lady. They knew about it. They've been doing this in the building. That's why it's like I can't get involved. It's too much. It's too just, a, just a quick one. Um, I think I shared with you guys like Dawn Butler maybe going against Keir Sturmer. Yeah. She needs to. Do, but do win. you think she has a hope in hell to do anything to dent it? Because he hasn't even spoken. The dude is like not talking. Yeah, I think I think that um the guy that just that was the ex uh speaker of the house, I can't remember his name now. Riffro or something. Yeah, him. I think he, he will he. probably lead Labour. He needs to. Not that I don't want. I don't want Dawn. That would be amazing. I would love that. But it's not. I she don't. Make it. No, Dawn needs to protect yeah. herself. Stay like being a like a semi visual position, but do not be prime minister. Don't do it. Don't. Yeah. don't. Dawn, no. Protect yourself. Protect your neck, as Wu Tang said. But yeah. I think John Burko would be. The most suitable if he's not too much of a puppet because he's he's been well liked and people like him. Yeah. Huh? Of course he's a puppet. No, I'm saying too much. I say too much as in too much of a too much of a too much of a. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. If he could, Keir's a blatant stool pigeon. Like yeah. He's not yeah, yeah. So if John can look, you know, we don't buy at least him. be in opposition. At least yeah. say something. At least say something. Say something. Act like you give a fuck. Like he, yeah. he so far his performance has been a bit of a rabble rouser against the nonsense. So 
you know, Keir's not even trying to hide that he's right wing. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, seriously. Allegedly. And, and I think, I think um, like, what it will do to her, I don't want that to happen. Do you know what I mean? That's my point, she yeah. She wouldn't be like for us anymore. The like, way they dragged Diane, they've done Diane Abbott in. Yeah. Unless Dawn's just yeah, about, exactly. yeah. she can she yeah. still goes carnival. You get me? We can still. Yeah. still got <laughs> I think we've got a couple more years until there's a a real contender that that looks like us. To be honest, yeah, a long time, long time. Yeah. And I just advise any one of us. This, this is allow it. Maybe Kemi's going to start. <laughs> Kemi might start angling because she's trying it. She's trying um, it. The thing is, yeah, if it was, if part of their gameplay was, you know what you were saying, Antonella, before about like it's easier to kind of like get into the conservatives, right? For black yeah. people, more space. If it was them get in and switch party, I'm all for that. If that's your game plan, then cool. Do you know what I mean? But you just, that's Kemi, not Kemi, 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 Kemi is true to it though, isn't it? It's not like Kemi isn't switching. No. Kemi for the for the cause. She's yeah. for conservative, whatever. Um, let's get the comments. Okay, so just uh, Nicola says, I think Cummins uh, <laughs> uh, say up. Do you know? Do you know Dom Cummins' wife is a commission editor for the Spectator? No, I did not know that. Okay. Is working behind the scenes and bringing in her people. Yes, that's what I'm saying. She is playing chess, totally agree. And she also says no confidence. Yes, vote for no confidence. That's what they do if they want to change. Where, where do we look for the Easter eggs? Do we have to buy the spectator to find the Easter eggs? Probably. Somewhere, everything that's going to happen is written somewhere. In one of them papers that we will boycott in, it's probably there in place. It's probably it's in the spectator. It's probably in the spectator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or private eye, one of them ones there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're all listed out. You're all wrong. It's on The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, there is the Simpsons that predicts them, but they don't really do UK politics. The UK stuff are more American, so it's, it's, it's there. Just subscribe to, to Private Eye because you know that then people then read their magazines religiously. Private Eye and Spectator, keep going. We need to subscribe to No Go On, but not for free though. By the way, find your hacks. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for our favorite part of the show. Woo! -dee -dee, woo! -woo, -dee -woo! Aunties, no oh, I left my instrument. Aunties, no best. Aunties, no best. Thank you for contributing your vocal drums, Auntie Nana. It's been amazing. You're welcome. Um, Aunties, no best is where we get um, resolve problems. And by the way, with my little PSA, don't come for us or we'll come for you. We're not doctors, lawyers, psychologists, or scientists. However, we give good advice because we're the coolest aunties on the block and our, our advice is worthy of gold and platinum. However, don't come for us, like I said. Auntie Farah, what problem are we resolving today? So this is a problem that we posted on our page um, that came into us and it goes a little something like this. Hit it. Help! I'm recently discovering that my husband-to-be is pretty, is a, hmm? I can't read, is a petty grudge holder. He keeps throwing things from the past in my face whenever we argue. And sometimes he gets in moods about things and I thought that I thought we'd resolved. Our wedding day is in three months. This is a side to him I've never seen and it's making me rethink marrying him at all. What should I do? Auntie Nana, what should she do? Uh, see, this is a thing. When I read it, I... Uh, I don't think pettiness is a is a huge deal breaker, but I do think it's something that um, should be openly discussed. Like it's a personality flaw 
So you could probably just work on it with discussing it. But I don't think it's big enough to be like, oh, I'm not going to marry the person over that one thing. I feel, I, I feel like that's, that's petty <laughs> in a way. But I, <laughs> it tickled me. But I, don't, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't know. I, I feel like this is a conversation. This is, um, you're getting married. You should be going for counselling anyway. Every anybody entering into a marriage, you should go for for marriage counselling before you go there. So they they should just enrol in the in counselling and see how it goes. Auntie Sade. Yeah, I totally agree. Definitely do um, counselling, but I, I do think I, I the opposite opinion. I think it's it's warning signs, definitely red flags. Um, I I think it's I think that's what something that can grow, especially if it's like. If you, how, how long have they been together? Is it three years? But like, if you've been with someone a long time and they're only now showing you that they have petty traits, I think that's a massive, massive warning sign. A lot of them, um, they say, like with um, very, very abusive men, um, they can hide their abuse or abusive ways for a very long time, can be up to years until they actually secure the bag, so to speak, and then... Um, and then it begins. So, like, instead of like, do you know what I mean? You don't, you don't want to get trapped and all the kind of expectations and connotations of being married and all that kind of stuff. Um, and how hard it is to leave those situations. I think it's, it's definitely not something to ignore for sure. Yeah, I think it's something. It's a flag. Um, it might be light pink, or you know, it's not a, a completely red one. It could be just that they're just maybe. Because it doesn't say anything about her, the the woman's personality traits. Maybe they're things that the partner feels like they can't bring up, and so they're starting to feel frustrated and let things like starting to slip. And I don't know. So we haven't got the two sides of the story thing, but definitely holding grudge and throwing things in faces in arguments. That why are you not talk? Why aren't you talking? Why do you not feel confident to talk in the moment? How come when we've argued before it, you haven't done this? So why are you showing this new trait? Is something going on in your life that I don't know about? Is your missus, is your side chick stressing you out and you're taking it out on me? Do you know what I mean? There's all these type of things that be, could be going could be going on. Man's revealing his stresses. So it's a flag. It's a maybe a light flag, but um, definitely seek help and just explore that. It's about conversation and communication. But yeah, that throwing things in and holding grudges, yeah, it's, it's not cool. It's not cool, but it's potentially resolvable. I don't think it's all is lost, but it's about communication and conversation before you throw it out the window. Auntie Farah. See, I think that this is a huge flaming flag. That's what this is. Because for quite a few reasons, for her to jump to, I'm seriously thinking about whether or not I should marry him. You don't want to marry him. For him to be throwing things in your face, he don't want to marry you. You don't want to marry each other. Because how have you not seen that this is a trait of his until now? Like, he's throwing things in your face every time you argue. How many times are you arguing? There's something wrong there as well. I totally agree with everyone about if you're marrying someone, you should go to counselling anyway because there's things that come up and it helps you adjust into your new relationship, your new, your, the new side of your relationship. I totally agree with this. But as far as this piece of advice to this lady goes, your gut is telling you, move on. You can't be thinking, 
You should be, your wedding's in three months. You should be like, I cannot wait to be his wife. Oh my God, you should be like in total bliss. The only thing you should be stressing about right now is like who sits next to who at your wedding and is your dress going to fit you because you're losing weight or you're not losing enough weight or does the, does his, the colour of his tie match the colour of your flowers? It shouldn't be like, should I marry him? Mm. That is a huge, huge red flag. Three months before your wedding, that's a red flag. You need to jog on. So yeah, that's my advice. I actually, I actually agree with all of that. That's true. Because yeah. Yeah, it's true. Why is it? But well, he might be having um, Groomzilla vibes. Maybe he's stressing because of the wedding. The Groomzilla. <laughs> Reacting. Oh my God, I'm too stressed. And he's throwing crazy. things in her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, but say if she actually cheated on him. She hasn't said what he's throwing in her face. Maybe she cheated on him. And now he's him. like. But then don't get married. Don't get married. They need to sort this out. They can't get married to each other mm -hmm. because he's going to bring it up for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So now it's a conversation. I think they need to work out what it is. It's, More it's than a conversation. It it's depends on if it depends on if the issue is not like there's a resolvable issue underneath this thing because we don't know what. Because like we said, yeah. it, could be, it, could, it could be bubbling resentment, and he just doesn't know how to actually get those emotions out and at this moment it's just coming out in a blur yeah. but if they go through count they definitely shouldn't get married in three months though i think okay. yeah. <laughs> that's a given you should probably postpone let's i agree with you right it's true this is not this is a flaming flag <laughs> um okay so <laughs> Ms. Tang says, how fitting. I just finished work just in time for the triangles. Just encouraging. Um, Nicola says, run for the hills. I hate people throwing um, I hate people throwing things back in your face. Nasty trait, and you cannot trust them. Um, Okoya says, run, 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 run. <laughs> He's starting to get comfortable and showing his true personality. If you love him, go to counselling. Um, what are his parents like? What are your parents like? What roles are you both playing? Think very, very carefully, but keep a bag packed at the ready. Thank you. <laughs> Nicholas says, England are winning 2-0. Woo! <laughs> I got money on it, so I, I really need them to oh, win. Go, oh, go, go. <laughs> we got money on it. <laughs> that, that's why I started cheering. I knew we'd get a cut. Um, Mr. Tang says, I agree with all of you, but red flag, red flag, red flag. Um, controlling coercive toxic behaviors, therapy could aid communication, slash bring issues to the surface, but also too much effort. <laughs> oh, and also says not the racist shouting for Raheem. Of course, the race is showing. They don't even know what they're doing. Sure, sure. As long as you're running for them or kicking ball, they love you. Basically. Basically. Yeah. Running, kick ball, kick ball. I think we have a theme today. It's hypocrisy. It's, that's the hypocrisy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he could have been taken in. You've got a week that into our title. Nonsense. Um, okay, now it's time for... For the culture, for the culture, for the culture. For the culture. And this is where we get into what's going on in the culture, what you're watching, what you're wearing, what's got us chatting on the socials, and what's hilariously going around the socials is Jasmine Sullivan, noted R&B singer, phenomenal voice, um, posted a story, say it, 
talking, ask, talking about the craziest stuff women have done for the D. And you know what the D is? <laughs> he lives with his mama, but I treat him like a king. King. Get me. <laughs> Look at this. This is what we're talking about. Celebrities not endorsing black owned products. I sing a natural soul for and tune. You won't sing it, but you'll sing another woman's tune. She's what black. Does it matter? Black? Yeah, she's black. I'm endorsing doesn't her matter. and she can black. sing. Doesn't matter. <laughs> this is how the community doesn't <laughs> each other. <laughs> anyway, back on track. So Jasmine Sullivan's story was like, yeah, so what crazy things that women have done for the D, some of the stories included, um, you know, the question was, what have you done crazy for sex? Someone said that they paid the portion of their rent and they went on a vacation. I think that meant that the person went on a vacation after you paid the portion of the rent. Someone said they'd been in a shootout. Someone said they bought that N-word, a king-size bed, while he, he, I was on his couch. The peen is still phenomenal. That means she's still in the situation for the D. Someone <laughs> said they looked, the guy looked her dead in the eyes and said, and told her, I'm gonna marry you whilst in the midst of a relationship. She accepted that fact. Um, I don't know. My ex climbed six stories of Hotel 2 to get to me. Gave it up as soon as he climbed through my window. So basically, I, I don't know what's going on here. She could have given up. Was oh, that's what I'm saying. And then someone said, I wedged a crowbar into her door so she'd think it was a burglar. Smashed for six months as her protector. So that's what the guy did. Yeah. They so did that he could stay in the house constantly because she's terrified now. And that's it. And then he could just have sex on tap. Yeah. So there's, and so someone actually said, took care of a baby for a whole year, knowing that the boy wasn't theirs. So some guys put in their conversation as well. And one said, put on perfume that reminded me of the other girl whilst we were smashing. I mean, all sorts of madness. So I wanted yeah, to. His actual girlfriend. <laughs> Is the one about, did you say the one about the um, the baby shower? No, and I didn't see that one because, it, it, yeah, you say it, say it. I don't remember them all. Basically, the, <laughs> the woman was smashing the man and then she, she left to go to his baby shower with his actual girlfriend and bought a gift. And yes, I read that bit. Yeah. Amazing. And another one said that um, she stayed with him after he had two newborns on her. So yeah. he, he gave, you became, he, kept he stayed with her. Yeah, yeah. Two, but we had babies, two, two babies, and she was still there for the D. Others, another woman, another person said they went to jail three times. <laughs> Still, I, my favorite is that she got her her boyfriend sacked from his job so that he would be home so that they could have the d someone said they pretended to be homeless so they could move in with the pet with him and keep tabs on him and he still cheated <laughs> Sorry, my question to you and people watching, you're not getting out of this. You better fucking, excuse me, you better contribute to this. Aunties, dare you tell your craziest story for what you've done for the D, if you have a story. Also, why do women get so digmatized? Can we break down the science of it at all? And also, it's obviously not just women. Are there any stories that you know of men have done badness for the P? See, I still had penis. Pussy, yeah, sorry, just or the V vagina. Maybe the V, yeah, or the C. The the C. The C. No, why? Yeah, I'm not going to say that word live on air. What clitoris? Oh, okay, both of you just bought the <laughs> <laughs> I'm an agent. They use that word like bloody. It's minor. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, you answer first. <laughs> Do you have a crazy story for the D about what you've done for the D ever? 
thinking. I don't know if I have a crazy story. I think I've I think I've definitely taken D longer than I should have. <laughs> Even though I knew that it was bad for me, like in the grand scheme of things. But I wouldn't say that I did anything crazy. Like I weren't giving him the keys to my car, telling him to bring it back to my I wasn't doing any of that shit. I haven't done anything super crazy for the D. But I think just hanging around longer than I should have, even though I know that this is not the one. This is not good for you. But because it was good for me, I stuck around a little bit longer than I should have. You know, like that that consistent orgasm, it's hard to like let go of, man. Seriously. Auntie Sade. Um... Well, yes, I have, um, but I'm not going to shit. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that just from how that you were stalling. You were I like, knew no. that was going to be the answer. I was surprised that you said yes. I mean, I feel like we've all done crazy things, and I agree with you. I like the way you answered that, Auntie Farah. Yes, there's definitely been situations where I've definitely um, been holding on to the pleasure side of a relationship rather than uh, anything else. Um, but it's difficult. I think it's easy to get addicted, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's easy to kind of like, you know, get into the the regularness of the energy that you feel. I went to get the D quickly. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't help herself. That was quick. What happened? I said you went to get the D quickly. <laughs> Nah, this got to last longer than that, mate. Trust me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the, what I can share is that I've definitely, and I think we talked about this in, uh, last week a little bit, I've definitely um, bought gifts and um, been very generous <laughs> for good day. <laughs> definitely done that. And then, you know, maybe a little down the wire, wanted my, wanted my gifts back. Do you know what I mean? Because they, um, but yeah. And appreciated. Yes, exactly. I've definitely done that. Auntie Nana. She's been married yes. for 20 years. I mean, in, in my younger years, um, before the husband, so one of my early boyfriends, um, do oh, stupid things I did. So for one, he had a thing about uh, size 14 women and I was always about a size eight. So I went on a on an eating spree and every evening I would go and buy custard and donuts to try and kind of fatten up. That was one thing I would do. And then I also pulled my hair severely to the side to kind of get like more chinky eyes because I saw that that was like the look that he liked as well. And I have a bald patch there now. And this is for the same dude. So and, and <laughs> the thing is, it wasn't like the D was even that great, but there was something about him. He also looked like Nicholas Anelka. So it's like hmm. all that rolled into one. And he had a girlfriend and I knew, but I just tried to slot slot in. But you know that was that was young. I was young and stupid. Um, I'll answer the way Aunt Yara answered. Yes, no, stay tell the truth. No, okay, hold on. <laughs> Why do I have to expose my whole life? <laughs> I've stayed around too long for the definitely. Like, no, you need to stop this being with this um, 
pussy terrorist. But um, yeah, no, nah, man, have to no, nah, man, long, long, long. Stayed around too long for dick that was good, and then I, I should have got rid of that dick. But it's very, very good. I didn't get rid of it. Um, and I, I think the silly thing I did was wear um, get do a you know get uh, dressed up in sexy attire and cross town. And I wasn't on in a cab. I wasn't in an Uber. I was on public transport. So. <laughs> not bad. Well, hey, hold on. No one's exposed. I'm giving light stories. And I haven't done anything. To be fair, I haven't done anything crazy anyway. But I knew underneath, if anyone was to like to pull my jacket, they'd be like, what the fuck? And I crossed town. <laughs> and it was like from west to east town in a very sexy get up with a trench coat on. And just so I could go and do whatever and get, get the good do. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's cool, man. That's calm. No, it's a bit much going across town on the tube, knowing that it, 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 but I feel like going on the tube is a bit much, but you know, yeah, no, no, the, dressing up is not the issue, but it's getting on a public transport situation, knowing that you're right here. Okay, that's what I'm saying. That's 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 how far I'm gonna go. But that's about it. And I think maybe when I was little, and this wasn't for the D, I hadn't hadn't had when I was little. When I was a teenager, I hadn't had the D yet. But I remember waiting for a guy that said, "Wait here," and I waited. And that's the end of the story. How um, long did you wait for? Maybe, I think I travelled quite far out of my area and waited and waited. I think I maybe did an hour of waiting and I should never have. I was young and teenage -y. And when I spoke to him, because I literally was one of those ones, he asked me out on the same day. It was all dumb anyway. Literally met him. Do you want to go out with me? I said yes. Let's meet up tomorrow. Met and we never met. <laughs> oh, it's real childish nonsense. But yeah, that's about it. Um, why do you think it's so easy for women to get dignitized? I think men get too. No, no, I know. I'm not saying this. We're going to no. talk about. Rust that door. I think there's. Um, I think there definitely like with sex. I think there definitely is like healing kind of. Power. I don't know. I don't want to necessarily say the word powers, but I think I it's like a kind of transfer of like or like a rejuvenation of energies yeah in 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 that kind of thing and i think it's, i think it's what when you know what you're doing male or female i think it's a very 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 powerful thing mm -hmm. you know what I mean? and um i think you attract types that either in need of healing or um you 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 can heal them or oh, healer yeah yeah and in that moment I think it's like, especially because I, I know for sure, I mean, we all we all do, like the stress relief after having a good session, that supersedes the, <laughs> possibly the post-stress, the post-stress <laughs> afterwards, knowing that this person is going to give you stress. However, you know that the time frame between the post-deep come down stress and then the next meeting and re-engaging with the de-stressing, you just forget. It's, it's, it's very, it is very powerful. I think you get caught up in that whatever pheromones and all that type of shit. It's mm. sex is, good sex is it's a lot. It's a powerful elixir. <laughs> it's good sex, like, you know, really, really good, consistent, good D. That shit doesn't come often. You know what I mean? Like, like where like, how you, where you sleep with people and so, like, you can have good sex and it can, but it's up and down. Sometimes it's better than others, right? But if you sleep with somebody, <laughs> like, it's good D. Every single time, that shit's hard to walk away from. But I think it's also hard. I think sometimes, I think sometimes as well, because I'm sure all these women with all these stories on this particular thing, maybe this D wasn't even that good. But sometimes it's the the having the comfort, the person, 
See, I, I agree with you that there's that, but then sometimes it is good and you can't even like resign yourself from the fact that it wasn't that good. Yeah. Like, the, the stories oh. were literally, they were so dramatic because that was the premise. It is like, it's for the D. It's yeah. not anything. Yeah. You were you were doing, you were putting up with nonsense mm. specifically for this. Yeah, not any old dick. Imagine yeah. somebody having two babies on you and you're still there. All Two right, times he's come and he said, I've got a girl pregnant. And you were still like, okay. Because he makes your eyes go to the back of your head. I know so I know one girl and she basically was with someone. He moved to a different country. Broke up he broke up with her before he moved to a different country. She went to the different country and 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 then he flew over her friend. And was sleeping with a friend, but because she was still in the hopes of trying to get with him, it was weird because they they ended up staying in the same. The friends ended up staying in the same house, and he'll come by and pick her up. And but the the friends would be in the front, and she would be in the back. <gasps> like, like what? That was her ex boyfriend. Yeah, basically, that's what. Like then, one hundred percent. And she was wishing and. Wishing and hoping that he might just yeah. stop the friend and come back to her. Yeah, basically. Did she ever get? Did she ever get? Did it ever happen? No, but and I, I know that. <laughs> Is she friends with the friend still? Did she sleep with the guy? No, no, no. She's not. She's not friends with the friend still. But she got so mad that she done something that I can't say because it'll be obvious who it is. Um, and yeah, and then he was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I really pissed you off then." Do you know what I mean? So yeah. The thing but, is, though, the thing is, though, there are some men, there's some, well, there's some people who thrive off of that. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, that drama. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. she really, like, I know someone who used to go out with this chick, and the chick was a mad gal. And that's the only way to describe it. Like, she would do some fucked up things. Like, she, she's basically pretended to be him messaging me. Yeah. And, like, because it's clean cut, that's my bridging. I'm having just like clean cut average conversations. Then I come to find out that it's not even her, him, it's <laughs> her. And she's like, well, why do you need to talk? Because he's my brethren. Oh, Lord. And I've known him for yeah. 20 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, chill out, Winston. <laughs> she, she would do some, so they're not to give her no more, but they. she used to do some mad things. That's just one of them. Then she would do things like get men to, to come onto her in front of him yeah. so oh. that he could beat them up and and so that they could fight in the streets like him and her and and, and then have crazy sex. Then she'd buy him buy him loads of stuff and then like you know burn it afterwards oh, no, <laughs> and then no. cry to his mom. See, that's to get that's, that's the girl that will kill you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. That's what you just said. Passionate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like... Yeah, girl. Sorry, I was just going to say, like, you know, like, when you've got a male friend and the girlfriend is watching you and you're like, sis, I am not you need to watch. There's a bagger girl out here. <laughs> it's not me, yeah. Yeah, I remember there's a girl that she had a crush on an obsession about some random guy who had a bald head and the guy that I was seeing had a bald head. And he, I remember he came to, she was saying, the girl lived in my hostel and 
he came, my guy came to visit me and she thought it was him. And then she wilded out. She, she was like, I know it's you. Why are you out there? Why are you here? And the thing is, the joke of it was, she wasn't going out with a guy that she had the crush on. He didn't like her, didn't want nothing to do because she was known as a bit off key anyway, but yet- I think I know who you're talking about. Yes. It was a very mad situation, knocking down <laughs> my door. I know you're in here, come out, what you say? And then he, and then my brother was like, what the fuck is going on? It's not, I'm not the guy. <laughs> so she didn't even have the D and she was she like- She had the D, she was just obsessed about- She had aspirations of the D. She had big D energy. <laughs> And I, the thing is, when I saw the, yeah, I mean, the guy was cute because when I, when I finally saw the guy, I was like, oh, okay. Similarities with my guy, but not, not enough to be banging down some girl's door to try and get to the one that you think, because she must, she must have seen him in passing. You know, when you're so obsessed with someone, she must have seen the bald head and like, and gone nuts, thinking, oh, he's in my house. No, he wasn't. It's mummy. I don't think so. No, I'm just not doing it. I'm just, I'm done petty shit, though. I've done petty shit. Like, if a, if, if a, how can I say this in a way like, myself? But like, <laughs> I've, I've lived on my own for a very long time. So like, I've definitely been in situations where they may have traveled very far to see me and I'm not at home. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. Dude, I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I would do that type of shit. I'm not asking. Where are you? I'm not here. Sorry. Was you, was you watching them on the doorstep? No, 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 but I know that they're there in it because they know what they're coming for. Because <laughs> they pissed me off, you're going to travel all that way and you're going to learn how to fucking behave. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've done that as well, to be fair. Yeah. You wait. <laughs> and you go and wait. You know, this is it. These times now about my friends are <laughs> down the road. I'm getting the better D. Um, no comments, you guys are trying it. You guys Not are like that. <laughs> I mean, that's a situation yeah, friend, friend, like real innocent. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, that'd be a good Ooh, for the story. Um, no comments, you lot are trying it. Don't try it. Um, do you guys know of any men that have done madness for pee for pochetta, not penis? Well, even penis, because you know, all, all love matters, all sex matters. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any stories. No, 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 a guy that's gone nuts for a girl. Yeah, I know guys that have done mad. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, like, what's... I mean, the, the extremist guys have stabbed up a next man for a girl, like, all that type of shit. But, I do like, actually, like, stuff that we say is, like, simp behaviour. Like, nah, man, you need to allow it because the girl does not like yeah, it. No, I... Oh, my gosh, yes. I know this guy. He wasn't... Like, I was actually friends with the girl. But um, this guy was in love with this girl so much, yeah. He would buy, he used to pay her rent. He used to buy her everything and she just wouldn't sleep with him. But she, he catered to this girl. Like he doted on her and she was just like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not on it. So he didn't even get the pochetta? He didn't even get it. He just sniffed it. It was just the, was, the thought. It was all he could maybe get it. Like one day she's going to realize that he's the guy. And she was just like, you're not the guy. Well, thanks for I feel like that happens all the time. Mm. So do I. I just think that, you know, you have to be the kind of person that's not going to take advantage of that if you want to be a decent person, I guess. Do you know what I mean? But that happens all the time. Yeah. People just pay. They fit. Because it's like, it's kind of like, it could be a shortcut, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? 
It's just like bypass my personality, but I can buy you stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm gonna yeah, take you to these fancy restaurants and I'm gonna buy you some shoes. Yeah. You're gonna buy me some of your time on my dick. So yeah. Yeah, basically. Mm. But no. Um, yeah. Well, that was that for the culture. Nice and neat. I see oh, you guys. Go on. I've always wanted to talk about Love Island. Or you conveniently forget. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I actually genuinely forgot. Go ahead. Okay. Here's the time for Love Island, Love Island, <laughs> Love Island. You're bringing the joy out of stuff. <laughs> That's his place. Mate, Love like, seriously, no, though. I literally don't. No, no, but or, you do. Because Love there's Island. those of us here that don't appreciate the triangle. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, you do, you've got to stop. No, no, when you didn't like, oh, I, I wish I had brought my balls on. Yeah. When you love didn't I, like that, Love Island, <laughs> Love Island, so yeah. So, some of you may watch Love Island, it's a show in the UK, which is basically a uh, it's a dating show, isn't it? Where yeah. these young, beautiful people um go on an island and they are matched up or they pair up with each other and then certain things happen and they have to swap pairs and sometimes they get dumped from the island and all that kind of stuff but it's just started here back in the uk um now the contestants are predominantly white mainly white contestants but they always have at least two or three black people on the show and <laughs> i can see your face already <laughs> So, guys, Auntie Aki doesn't like this show. She, Look, she, this is this is going to be a weekly. Come on, man. Love Island. Okay, you need to get involved. So, anyway, it's just started. Um, there, so, everyone, you know, being black women, we root for the black contest contestants most of the time. Do you know what I mean? And, oh, Jeff, go watch it, man. But, anyway, so, Kaz is the black lady that's on the show. And she, unfortunately, was picked last. So, they have five girls come in. And she was picked last, and it was just like, it was a bit like, oh, bless her, like, you know, she's a very stunning girl. She didn't really deserve to be picked last, I don't think, in my opinion, um, and she was. And she wasn't picked by any of the black guys in there. So there's one don't, don't you think it's a setup? I think so. I, I feel like they do this on purpose. Yeah. Every year they have the black girl come last or like not get picked properly or get over i feel like this is written into the fabric of like reality tv when it comes to black women yeah no yeah i totally agree i think yeah. that and also she wasn't picked she just had to go with the person yeah <laughs> what i will say is yeah. that it's not that it's written into the fabric of reality television it's just that they know who they're casting the people that are cast, the people that they cast, they are, you know, they go through se several processes and they, they're asked what their type is. Their, their whole history is looked at. So they know who they're casting. So there's that. Yeah, that's the same thing. No, but because you saying, know like, that they're not going to be attracted no, to this woman. They're not going and saying you're going to pick her last. That's what I mean. They're not doing that. They're not in No, but what they do do is they start oh. off order. They know all that. They have all that information, so they know yeah, that. They know who likes who? They know like what someone's type is. Yeah, but and they also set up the order as well, so they're almost like when, like, how they come in. Picked. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Who's gonna pick who? Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So it's like, it's it's kind of 
is you can mathematically probably work it out and be right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's that's how I feel about it. And, and the, is. The, the thing is, though, you've got to remember that there is a financial price at the end of this as well. So yeah. there, there are people who are going into this and they're going into it strategically. They're yeah. not going into it to find love. They're going into it to find fame and to win the jackpot at the end of it. So they're going to be as most controversial as they as they want to be. It's not like, you know, like when the first Big Brother came out and nobody knew what to expect. We're not there anymore. People yeah. know what the yeah, yeah, I get that. But as a black person, yeah, wouldn't you, that looking at the history of like Love Island, if you watch it anyway kind of thing, black couples generally tend to do pretty well. If they just stick together, they could... They could the black people that they're yeah. finding are not into black people. Yeah. yeah. So That's the well, I think the girls are. I don't know. There's been the some girls are usually more open than the guys. There's been some girls on I haven't watched every series, I'll say that, but the ones that I have watched, um, there have been some girls that they're clearly not into black men. They're not. Oh yeah, actually, Fingy wasn't Yeah. Uh, so they know they know who they're picking, and it's all it's yeah. all television fodder, isn't it? Really. So yeah. But anyway. Watching it, just started. We're probably going to do some Insta lives about it or like some highlights anyway. So if you're into Love Island, if you're into it and you appreciate it, and you can appreciate what it is, join us in those conversations. I'm going to try and watch it. because I'm not going to. I, I don't, no, no, I will. No, I said we no, you won't. You won't. You're just going to shit on it and I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I'm okay. going to try and watch it. But I just, I like I said, I, I liked... Um, what I like, <laughs> Ronald. You just oh, Ronald. Right. Do, do you know sometimes things can be interpreted? You know, so what, <laughs> what were you trying to say? Or are you asking us to hook something up? Like, what is it? <laughs> What's this story here? Um, anyway, I will try it. Love Island. For those listening, one of one of our listeners has said he pretended to like the sound of a triangle in order to get a woman to sleep with him. I mean, I don't even know how that that. <laughs> Where were you? Were in a club? Was she playing? Was she a live percussionist? Maybe she was on a podcast. Maybe she was on a could never be me. That's, we haven't had an external trans transaction. So it had to be that he was in a club, <laughs> something. That someone like the musician, you're trying to get the musician to sleep with you, and she was a triangleist. Go on to that girl in her triangle. That's what I say. <laughs> Go on for the triangle. Um, triangle wasn't an instrument. Huh? I said maybe her triangle wasn't a, her, an instrument. So pretending to like the sign of her triangle. 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 <laughs> okay, this is so nonsense. Okay, so what are the highlights? <laughs> Okay, one of the highlights was that they got them to do challenges and um, one of the guys had to suck another girl's toes. That was quite interesting. See, <laughs> vomit. Absolute vomit. What's, what's the objective? <laughs> so, you know? Hmm? No, it's, it's like random toes. Like, one, I'm not into feet anyway. That's, that, yeah. that's one thing. But the main thing here is, I just met you. Yeah, they don't know each other yet. That's too much. You could have like warts. Yeah, toe jam. You can have like athlete's foot. You can have fungus. You can have toe jam. Of 
I'm a celebrity either. No, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't win anything. It wasn't for a prize. It was just socialization. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I need, I, I'm, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch this episode properly. And everyone's, everyone's coupled up. But at the end of the show, there was a new girl that came in um, and she is basically going to um, decouple one of the couples. She's going to yeah. take one of the guys and um, one of the girls is going to be left. So away. every week, yeah, they yeah. have challenges. Every and day. every day, every day, sorry, they have challenges. And every day they kind of move together. So when they're coupled up, do they yeah. stay coupled up until the end of the show and have a choice to change couples? No, 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 no. They can change kind of like every time they call a couple, I think on a weekly basis. Sometimes you have to sleep in the bed with the person. So whoever you're coupled up with, you have to sleep in the same bed as them. So you're kind of like, kind of forced intimacy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For and then every week, for for, every week there's a change of couple. Well, um, no, somebody else comes in. You may stay yeah. as a couple. Or you can, but you can be dropped from the island as a couple. So yeah. say they, they, they can vote you, right? They can yeah. vote you yeah. out. The public can say, we don't like that couple. Yeah. They're gone. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes they can vote in out. the works and they put, they split them up and they put one couple in another house and this guy. Yeah. Like, and then they get other both houses and yeah that's what happened with amber last time right so she was wait she kind of yeah. kept to herself and she was like waiting when she was in the other house and then she came back and mike basically had gone with another girl and that kind of propelled the nation to rally behind amber and she ultimately won the show so you just gotta watch it. Watch Saturday's yeah. one, and then it'll give you a whole rundown. Yeah, you oh, don't need to watch the whole week. Just watch okay. the final. But if you was that, if it was twenty years ago, would you go into Love Island? No, no, no. no. Twenty years ago, I wasn't. I'm talking about me, like me personally. Yeah, no, you personally. Yeah, I'm not. No, I, when when I when I like Big Brother, I didn't. I don't think I was compelled to feel like I wanted to be on there because it's too much. I got too much. Like no, like. No, managing my No, bit. no, tell a lie. Big Brother, I really wanted to do that. Like first maybe three three seasons, I would have I would have definitely auditioned. Definitely. Yeah. No, okay. So you would have gone on. Yeah. Not not Love Island though, because that's that's long. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> I would have gone on and represented. <laughs> yeah. My big talk. I would have gone and represented. It kept it hundred percent wrong. <laughs> We'll do this Facebook. Yeah, reality shows, I think, I, 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 no, no. I don't know what show out there I could, maybe Top Chef, I love Top Chef and Project Runway. Top Chef. Would you do the baking show? What's that? Oh, Bake Off, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nah, you yeah. on that. Yeah, I could yeah, do that. Yeah. Oh my God, you would you so should do that. You no, but the thing is, my, my, my mental capacity couldn't cope with like remembering. It's of interest, you can't do it. Why? Because they think that I've put you in there and you've won because of me. Because I make that show, so I can't do it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, all of you. There's loads. Of I should give you a list of shows that you can no longer participate on. Love Island being one of them, by the way. <laughs> I'd never do it. No, I would. Would you go um, on it? Like next year? Do you want to audition? Would you mean what now? Yeah. No, now. <laughs> 
kids. You have to change the name. Like. <laughs> mature. Do they have older? They don't have older people, do they? So everyone's twenty. No, those, everyone's those, those no, 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 American one. Yeah, American one. Where? Bachelor one. Oh, too hot to handle. Is that the one? I think that's what I mean. It's hold on. Can I ask something? It's too hot to handle because you know Netflix likes to play with its algorithms. Every time I see too hot to handle, it's too. It's a black couple, but the show's not black, is it? Because they know you're black. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel they know I'm black because they, they do, do that to me. They do, they do, they do. You taste what you watch, though, isn't it? Yeah, because literally, because that's, I think, someone complained that they were like, the advert was the one black thing in the show, and when the show had nothing to do, and that black thing was an extra, mm. black person was an extra. So <laughs> they just put. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so they can fool you. Okay, guys, let's move on because, wow, we were going to have a I Love Island rundown every week. Until you it ends. I'm sorry. I've been engaged in the conversation. I've been talking. I asked questions. I said I'm going to watch. I haven't screwed my face up. I've done well. When we go live, are you going to bring your triangle? Yes, I'm I am. Absolutely freaking dead. I am. The triangle band <laughs> from Love Island commentary. That's exactly where it needs to be <laughs> <laughs> on the island. <laughs> All right. What's made you sad, mad, and glad, um, Auntie Nana? Sorry, I actually. Sorry, of course. Before you go, sorry, no, sorry, oh, Ronald, I can't cope with what Ronald's saying. What's Ronald saying? Not really. She insisted on playing. The <laughs> I can't even. And also, thank you. Very I told you her triangle wasn't a musical instrument. <laughs> I literally. This could be interpreted so many ways. So many different ways. What I'm going to do is my triangle is going to be introduced to the bedroom. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, and I'll report right. back. <laughs> Auntie Nana. Okay. Um, so my sad this week is the rain. Um, yeah, it's just ruining stuff. I'm annoyed by the rain. It's cool that everything is cooled down. Happy with that, but I'm not really feeling these rainy days. Um, I'm mad at Lynn May and her taking a swipe at Sideman. I just feel the chick is a snake. Although I still would like her to come on the show, saying all of that. Like I think she'd be a good, <laughs> be a good person to interview and have her on our show. But I do think she's a snake as well. Um, and I'm glad because I moved into my new workshop space and um, I'm almost fully set up, but now I have space to work. Excellent. Well done. Um, Auntie Farah. Um, I'm also sad at the rain because it doesn't help with your moods in general, does it? Helps my plants, they're all flowering, so that's nice, but I am sad at the rain. I'm mad at the footballers and the fact that a journey that should have taken me 20 minutes a day took me an hour and a half. I'm mad at that. I am not the footballers themselves, just the fans. <laughs> I'm mad at all of you fans that came into the area and around the area. Um, and I'm glad for my family again. That's it. Auntie Shade. Yes. Um, I am... I think I'm sad and mad at Lin May, actually, um, for coming to the side man. It was totally unprovoked. It just to me it seemed really unnecessary. And I just thought like, can't we all just get along? Do you know what I mean? I just thought like it's funny that she was complaining that people were coming for her when she came for him. It was just ridiculous. So uh that seemed a bit silly to me. 
Um, and I'm also sad at the Britney, you know, Britney giving evidence, was she giving evidence in court, I think? Um, and the conservatorship, I thought that was just really sad that she has been trapped for all these years and hasn't been able to be like a free person. Um, I'm mad because I broke, well, I didn't, I didn't break it, but my phone is broken, which is friggin' annoying. So um, at the moment, my back camera's not working and if you know me, you know I take pictures all the time, not just of me, obviously, but things and people and for our businesses and stuff. And yeah, my phone's not working, so I'm a bit mad about that. And if Apple want to sponsor us and give us phones, please do. We'd appreciate that. Um, and I'm glad that black TikTokers are striking because uh, they have not been credited fairly on the dances that they create. So they've decided to get together and strike and not create a dance for the latest Megan tune, which is called Fox Ship, I think. And um, yeah, I'm just really, really proud of them, man. That's, that's, it's so funny. We're seeing the dances that are, that now <laughs> and they're pretty terrible. And that's what you'd expect. Um, I'm I'm sad and annoyed. Well, sad at the weather change. It, I mean, we had a, just getting into our stride, enjoying the heat, and then it's just nonsense again. So it's very saddening. And the Britney Britney conservatorship conservatorship. Hearing her speak in court about the stuff that's been done to her is like amazingly horrendous. And how this has been able to this is how this has been allowed in modern day is ridiculous. So um, I hope that gets resolved. Um, and she's freed from the shackles of her very horrible father um, and family, I should say. I'm mad. Okay, I'm trying to make this short. Basically, the other day, an artist called Kate Rugg had an upholstered chair with the image of um, George Floyd's death, the moment where he was, you know, with um, Derek Chauvin on his neck and turned it into a piece of art. And a platform called Artsy had it for sale. And another um, art dealer called Michael Moore, I think he facil facilitated it. There's also, and this is all in America, but Kate Rugg is a, Kate Rugg is a British artist. So there's lots of uproar, like how dare you do something like this? Um, something like that is not to be depicted as art in that way. Um, there was lots of furor. And so Artsy took it down. However, Mr. Michael Moore doubled down. Um, so first of all, Kate Rugg said that she wanted the proceeds of the money to go to a foundation in the name of Khadija Saeed, who died in the Crenfield fire. People were like, we don't want that dirty money, thank you very much. Um, speaking on behalf of Khadija's family, obviously, no one knows whether her family was into that or not. But whatever the case is, that's what Kate Rugg said she wanted the money to go to. People complained, and I just want, I've been given permission to read an email that Mark Moore sent. Like he basically doubled down and did a um, very white male it's wrong and strong. When people called him out, a bunch of people behind the scenes called him out, sent him an email and he doubled down and he was saying things like, honestly, this sounds like people storming the stage at the premiere of Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. It's sad to me that you choose to condemn a work that supports your cause and cannot see that, or more likely it does not serve you to try and all this type of stuff. And just started to be very, instead of addressing the problem, respectfully and maybe more thinking, you know what it is, listening when people are talking and it was black people that were explained to him, this is not right, can you take it down and stop endorsing it? He doubled down and was like, no, we're doing it on behalf of you and you guys are basically ungrateful, ungrateful blackies and you should be grateful. And what he did was continue to double down and keep posting pictures of the chair on his platform. So a lot of people kind of like cussed him out and I actually haven't followed up to see what's happened, whether he's actually 
um, taken the stuff down and stopped endorsing it. But it was just it made me mad the fact that he was so insensitive to the moment. And that's someone, you know, that's when our culture is taken or things that happen to us are taken, repurposed and um, sold in a way that's um, offensive and disgusting. So that made me mad. And then I'm glad because I had a lovely weekend with the aunties and my friends, a friend of mine's getting married, had a wonderful hen weekend. And then the aunties had a wonderful photo shoot on the weekend at BBE London. And those pictures will come out soon. And it was fun. It was a really nice, nice time with the aunties and my girlfriends. And so, yeah, that's what made me glad. Um, and now, Auntie Nana, what's your unpopular opinion? Oh, I, I don't actually know if it's particularly unpopular. It's more of a, this really pisses me off. Because I actually really do like grime music. More grime, but I'll listen to the odd drill tune. And I kind of like the vibe that it can send me into. But I'm really getting annoyed at the lack of creativity with videos. Like, you know, with the garage scene, it's like, the videos seem to be similar. But then you had So Solid come along and like raise the bar. And I've been waiting for somebody to raise the bar and just do something other than a bunch of boys standing outside in front of an estate. And I cannot find a video for love nor money. And it's just, yeah, it was just really, really pissing me off. So once I got, it was my week. It was the thing that I had just kind of thrown my pen across the, the room about. And so that is my, it, it just incenses me. I just wish somebody would just buck the trend come out of an estate, fling off your hoodie and just do something creative because you're all young and you're just wasting, you're wasting your time on estates and it just pisses me off royally. Fair dues. Um, any comments <laughs> apart from the nonsense that's in there? Um, I'm going to ignore Jeff and... You're ignoring all the triangle talk. <laughs> I'm ignore that. <laughs> and just to so Money B, he says, Hope Brittany is freed. She has a coil implant, which she has no health freedom to have a doctor remove the contraceptive. Yeah, yeah that, that what Brittany's going through is mad, mad. I think that's probably one of the worst things, though that her body is one thing kind of restricting her movement, but then to actually have a coil implant so that she can't have kids. And then you you also don't have a doctor for her. I just think that's disgusting. I haven't watched it yet. I need to watch it. Mad. It's just mad. Um, yeah. Okay, that was your Aunties Could Never, episode 68. Thank you for watching on YouTube and Facebook Live. We'll be back next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Um, UK time. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And please, when you're listening to us on our podcast, um, available on all most listening platforms, don't forget to leave your comments and your reviews. And if we get some good ones, we'll read them out. So, what are you doing? What are you, doing? You, you was like, it sounded like you were scratching. Oh, do you know what? I just ran my hand to take yeah, it off. Yeah, I didn't realise. My did. bad. What did I? Where did you miss? Everything. Oh. <laughs> Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and if you're listening to us on our listening platforms, please don't forget to leave a review or a comment and both actually, and we'll read them out the good ones on the show. We'll be back next Tuesday. We ain't, we ain't shy. Okay, all hey, how of you feel? I'm just gonna come for you afterwards. Uh, okay, all the comments. Putting in our fans, please. Oh, no, no, uh, fans. I'm saying if the bad people, there, you know, there's some trolls out there. The trolls. Oh, we the need trolls. trolls. Yeah. Troll away. 
No, I'm just saying if they're out there <laughs> and they happen to listen to our podcast and want to say some shit, be prepared to hear some back. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.